0: Greetings, and thank you for checking out this sermon from Kingdom Life Community Church in Morse, Illinois. If you'd like more information about our church, go to kingdomlife.global. And now, here is the sermon from our pastor, Steve Harmon. In Ireland, there was this pub. And a man would walk in every day, and he'd order three pints. And he'd sit there and, and drink one after the other. And uh, the, the guy behind the bar said, hey, it's probably cheaper if you just get something a little bigger. He's like, no, no. He's like, all of my uh, brothers were born here in Ireland, and, and uh, one's in uh, Australia, and one's in the United States. And so every, every time about this time, we each go somewhere, and we sit down, and we each drink three pints, one for my brother, one for my other brother, and one for me like oh I that, that's that's a really that's a really nice and awesome thing you know with your brothers and he did that you know night after night and one night he came in and he he had only ordered two and the guy came over and he said yeah I'm, I'm sorry for your loss he said what are you talking about he said well I, I see you're only drinking two I assume you lost a brother he said Oh, no, 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 my wife and I joined the Baptist church, and I can no longer drink, but that doesn't affect the other two brothers. <laughs> that wasn't so bad, was it? Okay. Stand up with me. Repeat after me, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. The Father loves, me. The Father, loves me. The Father me. the Father forgives me. And the Father wants me. I am His. his. He is mine. mine. My past won't haunt me. me. The future doesn't scare me. me. Because in His presence presence is where I live. live. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, um, let's. uh, uh, The city of Sterling is going through some some grief today. They they lost a firefighter. I believe it was yesterday or something. And um. he, from what I had read or heard, he was at a house fire and maybe fell through a floor or something. I Don't quote me on that, but he'd lost his life. And so um, I know, Kathy, you're connected with the family and stuff, and that's very personal. And, and so can we just pray for that family right now? Father, uh, we lift the city of Sterling and that, the fire department there, and the family of the firefighter uh, who lost his life. And so, Father, uh, there's, there's nothing... <laughs> there's just so much grief and loss, and so, Father, I just pray that you do what you do best and weave your thread of, of salvation and love and redemption into that their hearts and to let them know that you're with them and that you are the great comforter, and I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Um, we have a lot of people uh, that are not feeling well, uh, not a COVID thing, but like I said last week, there's still other things out there, the stomach bugs going around, and so we just pray healing in Jesus' name that the, God has created the body with um, healing powers in it through its system, but also supernatural healing as well, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hey, open your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're going to try and cover a little bit today uh, go through a little bit, uh, more than usual, uh, in, uh, and so we can get through this. And, um, next week, next week, right? Yeah. Next week, Ben will be preaching. So we'll be excited about that. Um, okay. So we're talking about, uh, pursuing gifts, right? And, um, uh, we've been talking about that for a while, and the gifts that we're talking about are the gifts that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. Uh, he who uh, descended is he who ascended, and when he ascended, he gave gifts to all men. Those uh, gifts are explained in First Corinthians 12 and First Corinthians 14, and 13 as well, too. He talks about the gift of love. Love is a gift, and it's the, you know, love is the blood to the body, right, right? Uh, the body of Christ, right? So we as a church are the body of Christ and love is the life force, the blood that is what should be flowing through it, right? Because love binds everything together. That's why in 1 Corinthians 16, or excuse me, in 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, right? But have not love, what am I? I'm just a sounding brass, right? Because the gift The most important gift is love that we should all be pursuing. Uh, You have to include love for yourself. You don't get to love other people more than yourself, but you don't love other people less than yourself, right? Love is the great uh, equalizer there. And so we're talking about... um, Pursuing gifts. Love is the blood into the body. But there are also gifts that God gave to the body, supernatural gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, the Holy Spirit is in you, then you have a gift. There is nobody sitting in this church who is saved that doesn't have a gift. It doesn't happen, it doesn't work. God has given you gifts. Now, they're not all gonna be the same. There are supernatural gifts. There, later on down the road, there he talks about gifts of administration. There's, there's all different types of gifts that are according to uh, what he's talking about in, in 12, but it's all working of the one spirit. Amen? Okay, so we know that the, all these, there are all these gifts that are out there that they should be working in the church. Now, when you talk about uh, the culture of heaven here on, in, in this body of believers right here, what you should be seeing within the confines of the body is all of this stuff from 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 operating and functionally because this is the example of the culture of heaven uh, being established in the church, and it has to be established in the church before it, it goes out into the other places of, of the earth where God is calling us, because when God calls us to go out and evangelize into uh, the streets, the highways and byways, it, should ha- it happens first from an upper room where the Spirit comes, right? And so then from that... They go out, right? They all experienced the upper room together. They all were there when the Spirit of God hit that. They all had tongues of fire upon them. And so, what they all had was the Spirit of God in them to go out into the highways and byways and do. So, they didn't leave the power in the church. They took the the church, took the power out to declare the kingdom of God. And so, uh, the culture of heaven inside the church is 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. All of these gifts operating. By the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. And so what are those gifts that he talks about? Well, we talked about words of wisdom, and we talked about words of knowledge a little bit. And, and we talked about words of wisdom establishing you into the, into the, throwing you into the future, and words of knowledge dealing with your present time and dealing with, a lot of times, dealing with the past, and so, a word, and so words of knowledge are also uh, encompassing things about healing, right? Uh, all of a sudden, God gives me a word about someone and he, he gives me an impression or he gives me a pain or something. And, and so I go and I speak to you in a word of knowledge of something that I don't know, but it's supernaturally downloaded to me and coming out to you so that God can deal with whatever that is. And so you know for a fact that God is touching you because God has given me something that nobody else knows that is touching your heart to deal with in the, in the realm of healing, to deal with what, other, what that issue is, okay? So these are how words of knowledge can begin to work and begin to function and words of wisdom as well too. Now there are other things um, that he talks about here and I just, uh, to go through real quickly in the beginning. So words of wisdom, uh, words of knowledge, uh, same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing uh, by the one spirit, and to another, affecting of miracles, and another prophecy, and another distinguishing of spirits, and to various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. So he's listing these things that, that kind of should be happening um, frequently in, in the church, okay? And so, like we talked about before, there's nowhere in the Bible ever that says these things stop until Jesus comes back, and you don't need him anymore, right? because we have what is perfect. But until Jesus comes back, and by coming back, I mean the back of the book coming back, right? I mean coming and establish, I mean we're gonna see him. <laughs> He's gonna set up his kingdom and all that. And until that happens, the gifts are going to be happening in, and should be happening within the church, and they should be happening every time we meet. This is why we have prayer teams up here. And, this is, and, and and these things can be happening. Uh, the problem is that sometimes maybe we get used to something or we, we don't understand the value of what's being done, and so we don't receive the gift properly. You can get a ton of Christmas gifts, but if you never open them, they're useless, right? You can get gifts from God, but if you never allow that manifestation to develop you or you never humble yourself to be taught how it's supposed to work in the confines of the church... It basically becomes useless useless, and you've buried that gift or that talent underground and nobody benefits from what God has deposited in you and so what what happens is is you I mean you kind of become a consumer you suck all the life out of something but you're not bringing any life back into the to it because you're not using the gifts that God has given you now we all need to uh, grow in our gifting and in that that time of growing sometimes we're going to get it right sometimes we're going to maybe mess it up but listen any of you any anybody go to kindergarten anybody here in this room ever go to kindergarten and and do and do calculus (laughs) now there may be a few kids but they're rare very very rare I know this may come as a surprise to you, but I, I wasn't one of those kids. I didn't do calculus. I never did do calculus, but I, ne- I never did calculus in, in kindergarten. Never happened. But what I did do in kindergarten was I started with a, a, an alphabet, and I started out with numbers. And the rest of the time was was building blocks upon building blocks so that I could grow so that I would have what I need to to get along, little doggy, in this life. Okay? It's the same understanding as it comes with with the spiritual things that we deal with. God has given you a gift and, and you can it can work, but you you've got to go back to you've got to go back to the kindergarten and, and let God begin to build this thing the right the right way, right? And so whatever those gifts are Okay? All right, so, and that is part of the humility, humility that comes with being a believer that allows myself to allow people to speak into me uh, over different areas, people who are, di- that will disciple you into these areas. Okay, and it, that's what the, Ephesians tells us of what the church is supposed to do, is it not? We're supposed to equip the saints for what? For the ministry that they're called to do. Okay? All right, so. In looking at some of these things that uh, we have on here, we did wisdoms, wisdom and we did um, knowledge a little bit. And there's more to go in. I'm just giving you highlights right now. How many people uh, this week read what I told you to read last week? How many people remember? <laughs> all right, right, 12, 13, and 14. How many did it? Okay, if you raise your hand and didn't, you're lying, so be truthful. Okay, all right, good. All right. Well, good it's something as simple as that and I'm not you know if if um, if if you if you've read it great maybe you forgot it It, there's no but if you knew to do it and knew that's where we're going but you didn't do it or you didn't want to do it or you wanted to do your own thing that gives you a little bit of an intent of where your heart is at when it comes to humility and being able to be teachable and if you're not teachable and this is not clay, then you're not gonna go very far in, in the kingdom of, of heaven. And so I just use that you know, 12, 11, or 12, 13, see, math, 12, 13, and 14 as just an example, not throwing rocks, but it, if you forgot one thing, but if you knew to do it and you decided you wanna do something else, that tells you about the condition of your heart and where it is in response to somebody giving you something to do so that it could grow you and prepare you for what we're doing today. Just a small little. And so you say, you know what? You're right. I, I was going to read that, but I was like, oh, I didn't want to do it. I had other things I like that. then here's the good news. You can repent of that. Change it. And God will bless it. and You move forward from it. Okay. Uh, looking at this. So let me get my stuff in order here. Um, So the next thing on the list that he's he's showing here, ouch, is um, uh, knowledge, knowledge the spirit, uh, gifts of healing by the same spirit. So um, what is happening, should be happening in the body is there's people who have gifts for healing. I looked up healing. You know what it means? Healing. It's amazing how that works. To cure, to heal, Right. And so, uh, in the body, God has placed people within it with those gifts. And there are people in this body today, and you don't know it, or you know it, or you've allowed yourself to be self-conscious, or you're like, oh, shucks, it's not me, that's somebody else, you know? The, no, it's you. You have gifts of healing They're in this body. And so, uh, that's not... not something for you to be puffed up about but it's something for you to to realize or to go back when you first felt that calling of maybe this is for me or something you knew God was moving something in your life to, to in gifting and healing stuff like there are people in here who have gifts of healing that should be using them within the body sometimes it's people who have uh, specific gifting for a specific type of healing for a specific type of, of uh, uh, an issue whether it be cancer or, or different kinds of things like that. Uh, other times, it's, it's just people who have that gift that can deal with things, um, just deal with all different kinds of healings. God does what he does. Our job is to be okay with it and to jump into it, right? So there are people with gifts of healings within this body because bo- God doesn't equip a body without the gifts. You may not know who you are yet, and that kind of thing may scare you. It shouldn't scare you. Because it's no different than God, we were talking about in Sunday school today, of God calling, coming down and talking to Abram and saying, hey, uh, get out of the land that you're in and go to the land that I will show you flowing with milk and honey. And I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna be like father, man, and nations, blah, 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 right? It, it's, it's no different than any of those Bible stories that you're reading when it comes to you and the gifts that God has placed within your life. Some of you, so there, there's gifts of healing. And, and going on here, uh, it's another affecting of miracles is the Bible the word of God is it right for some but not for others okay it is what it is it says what it says all we got to do is do what it says and so there's, there's people here with the affecting of miracles. This affecting of miracles, this, this is the dunamis. If you've been here in this church for any length of time, uh, the first thing I heard when I walked through the door was about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Chris would do that on purpose. Because if you stayed through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you were probably gonna be okay. Because he would lay it on pretty thick, especially if you were coming from some type of cessationist background. We're not going to pull any punches this is who we are this is what we believe so if you can't get aboard board on it right now and understand what it is then there's no sense staying for any length of time because at some point there's going to be a clash right and so we've always been a charismatic church we've always believed that the gifts are are for today and we should be using them within the body and so affecting of miracles a dunamis type of power something that's supernatural That God is desiring to do through people. Do you believe this stuff at all? I'm just, I'm wondering. Okay. Because I can, we can skip it and we can, we could become a cessationist church if that'd make you more comfortable. It'd make you wrong, but it'd make you comfortable. Okay. Um, So, Affecting miracles and to another prophecy, right? Prophecy—that's a big one. And most people like prophecy because prophecy has got kind uh, of—it's—it's kind of inclusive of a lot of different things. So I can be a, a prophetic preacher right and that doesn't necessarily mean i'm i'm telling you your future but i'm declaring the things from the word of god to you and to your life and, and with prophecy can also come some correction as well as some some other things and so uh prophecy but also prophecy is about is about supernatural understanding of things that are yet to happen and, and that can be general for the church or that can be specific for you how many would like a prophetic word No, seriously, how many would like a prophetic word? Yeah? Why? What are you going to do with it? Let me ask you this question What have you done with the prophetic words you've already gotten? What have you done with the prophetic words that you have already received? From the Lord now sometimes there 's a waiting period don 't that that 's true but what about when it 's been twenty years ago thirty years ago anybody in here receive a prophetic word thirty years ago anybody okay there 's a few I probably did in twenty yeah yeah very possibly in 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 our church we wouldn 't the church I grew up in you wouldn 't use prophetic you wouldn't use the word prophecy in that sense you would say words like you know i feel the lord leading well that's prophecy it is and so we believe it but we we may attach a different language to it and so what have you been doing with the prophecies that have already spoken over your life sometimes and you know when this is that god is saying wait you know wait but he's not telling you when he's telling you to wait he's not telling you to be lazy And he's also not necessarily telling you not to do anything he's maybe just saying not to go after this yet but between the time you get the prophecy and the time you released in the prophecy there should be a whole lot of preparation right and so in in looking uh through the bible so there's prophecy and and listen prophecy doesn't just come from this platform it it in in other churches and back in olden days, we did a lot of, you know, everything that was going to happen in the church was going to come from the platform. I'm talking like, you know, early 1900s and stuff like that. Somehow the platform, somehow it went from first century church and the way it was supposed to be done to establishing a platform and everything came from the platform and the trained monkey was in control of everything. Pay no attention to the hand behind the camera, Right? And so everything, the, the hired gunman was the one who gave and the one who explained and all this different kinds of stuff. And so the body was just left there watching. But when it comes to understanding how things were done in, the first, in, in church and how God, uh, through His Holy Spirit, was going to establish it, there was much more involvement on your part. Which means you can all prophesy to some extent to some extent. There's levels of prophecy. But it is a gift that is needed in the church. And, and prophecy is, is not necessarily, thus saith the Lord your God. You know, it's, it's not necessarily the vehicle in which it comes. It can be, it can be something as simple as sitting next to your la- neighbor, God saying something to you, and you're saying, you know what, I, I just I feel like the Lord is saying something, and it's for you. What do you think about blah 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 blah? Prophecy is as simple as that. It's it's supernatural, but it's not weird. it 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 should be it should be something that's naturally supernatural. Working within the church, and it can be personal. It can be for the church. It can be in a lot of. A lot of different ways in, throughout your life, but it's that same spirit that's orchestrating all these things together. And to another one is distinguishing of spirits. I was, I was at somewhere else um, listening to a guy who has a prophetic gift, and he does mission work in other places of the world, and uh, I showed up, just felt the Lord wanted me to go there. And so I went, listened, and um, uh, so I always use you never just give yourself over to something right away you listen in your own because the next thing is the distinguishing of spirits right and so all of us at some level have a a bit of a a discerning spirit you know if the devil walks into the room and you don't discern it's him and all his wickedness uh you might have a problem To some extent, we can discern large things, but I was watching, I was listening to him. Um, He spoke some things over Lily that I thought, well, that's right on. He wouldn't know those things. I think that's right on. Spoke some things over Silas, and I was right down there listening because if he spoke something that wasn't right, I was going to catch that thing and throw it right back in his general direction, you know, not mean or anything. I was just going to stop that. Uh, spoke some things over Michelle, which I thought were heretical because one of the first things he said is that she needs a back rub at least once a week. And so I'm like, hey, listen, buddy, don't blit that yoke on me, right? So uh, he was just, but he was using that in context of where God is taking her, and he was really right about that. The back rub thing is not the issue. It's the fact that recognize what is being carried on her shoulders as well too and be sensitive to that got it maybe, maybe a back rub but it could be other things as well too but the thing was is to recognize and I'm like okay that, yeah I can deal with that said some things to her and I thought were pretty good um, came to me said some things that were right said some things that he was a little late on but uh, cause I'm like I've been there done that but I discerned that he's not a charlatan. And I discerned that um, he's got a gifting. And, and so I wanted to receive everything. And he, there were some things he said to me that were right on. And so, um, so some of that could have been words of knowledge and some of that could have been you know, words of wisdom and some of it could have been just regular old prophecy and stuff like that, discerning things to go. So I listened, but here's the thing. He didn't come in necessarily like he probably would have received a prophet. He was different. Imagine if uh, David Letterman were a prophet. That's what he was. Not irreverent at all, but joyful. Did you know prophets can be joyful and laugh? It was, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was good. So anyway... So distinguishing of spirits is important because, and it's a gift that some people have in greater gifting than others because there are things that are trying to plant themselves in the body that are not of God. There are things that, and we need people who are operating in those. So uh, reading a book called Seven Days with a Witch. Um, is a very good book. It's talking about, the premise of it is uh, a witch comes into a revival meeting, and she's going to want to do all her witchy stuff, but unfortunately she gets saved, which is bad for her witch's retirement pension fund, right? Uh, but good for the kingdom of God. And so they spent seven days with her, and uh, she's just explaining everything about uh what their intent is to do in churches. And this is one of the things that she said that I thought was so powerful. She's like, you know when people walk into your church and you get that hair on the back of your neck, stands up, but you don't do anything about it? She's like, we know that you won't do anything about it. And so we stay. And I was like, so people have a discerning spirit. The problem is, is we're just too much wrapped up in the love of Jesus to be able to say anything about it or to ask questions about it or to watch now maybe your discernment thing is off but maybe your discernment thing is on because if you think that the enemy does not want to plant tares within a church you have not read your Bible correctly this is why this is why the church that I came from was a church of about 200 people in the 70s and I'm telling you I tell you people were running the aisles to hymns it doesn't matter your preference of worship really it doesn't matter if you're hymns it doesn't matter if you're Bethel that is just how worship happens we had people crying out to the Lord thing uh uh have thine own way Lord for crying out loud that's the vehicle the issue is worship and the purity that comes from your heart and so I one big aisle 200 people in the Nazarene church in Clinton Esther getting blessed, hooray for Jesus, all these different kinds of things going on in the church. It was rocking, sock them, bop them, all those different kinds of things. The problem was is they did not understand anything about spiritual warfare. So they caught the attention of the enemy by the things they were wanting to do in the spirit of, of worshiping God and powerful preaching, all the different kinds of stuff. And the enemy came in and split the church. And their church died before us, but just changed names. It's a church in Clinton that has one person that goes to it. Hey, bless them. You know, grow. But what we have to understand that when splits happen, and they do from time to time, that they carry with it a spiritual virus that is looking to destroy what's left. And so, the church died in probably 78. They just didn't lock the doors until around 2008 or 2009. My dad was the last one out, lock the door, turn off the lights when you leave. Because they couldn't discern what was going on. And by the time they found out what was going on, there was so much going on, it was too late that it just it brought destruction, Okay. Now, they survived for a long time, so still 100 people is a pretty good for a church, right? But when, when you don't understand uh, spiritual warfare, when you don't understand how far repentance goes on behalf of not just yourself, but on, in other things, then, then these things, they don't just get tired and leave. It's like a spiritual cancer that tries to invade and you know when you don't pay attention to the warning signs in your body of something that's going on and you go to the doctor like 20 years before you after you should have gone and all of a sudden there's something there that you got to do a lot more stuff than if you would have just gone back at the beginning of something it's the same in the spiritual realm when it comes to believers now repentance can take care of a a lot of things but a lot of times it's 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 the progress of walking stuff out and that takes time and so uh, we didn 't understand that stuff I, can I tell you that I, I never there's certain there's certain messages I never heard f- from the church and i 'm not blaming anybody it 's not about blame this is about we didn 't discern and if i don 't discern then i don 't know where where what 's happening and i don't i can 't prescribe the uh, the correct course right and so there are people in the body that have great gifts of discernment and so the church was big was before a certain pastor got there but they didn't discern that he was not the right man and bad things happened to the point where even the district superintendent comes back and it's like wow I'm surprised you picked that guy with all the trouble they had before to my response Years later, was why would they put that man in consideration? (laughs) Right? And so you have this idea of discernment that is is for your church. And if you're in a denomination, it should be operating in your general superintendents. It should whoever's in charge, they should be operating with a level of discernment to know that, hey, this guy is great, he's gifted platform-wise but I'm discerning there's some things going on that, that aren't good. There have been times when I should have asked people questions, but I felt maybe it's not my business that if I would have asked those questions, things wouldn't have happened maybe the way they did. And I'm not, a, I'm not asking questions out of judgment. I'm asking questions out of concern because there's something in my discernment spider sense that's saying, although it looks really good, there's something that's just not quite right. But a lot of times you're like, well, who am I? This person is platform. This person is this. I've, I've had things that have happened to me discernment-wise that have been so supernatural and, and graphic in my mind, but I'm like, I'm like this little guy way down here and this person is this way up here. And you... It turned out that everything that was going on in here worked itself out in the life of that person. Uh, It scared me. Because I thought I was just like a little crazy. Like, why? I thought, man, you need deliverance. What is that going through your head? But it was the Spirit of God revealing things to me about someone else. Now, he wasn't necessarily calling me to say something, but he was showing me how discernment works. And you can get thoughts, you can get impressions, all these different kinds of things. Sometimes the things that go through your mind are not the devil. Sometimes the things going through your mind are God showing you what's going on in the life of somebody else. And it's not for you to judge. It's for you to pray. Okay? And sometimes discernment happens is that sometimes somebody's coming in to do you or your sheep bad. And your discernment, spider sense will go off and... You need to start paying attention. Ask questions if you need to ask questions. You know, you can't just take it for granted that people in your church are on the same level. Years ago, I was sitting here, I was talking to somebody, and we were just talking about spiritual things. We were talking about the occult. I think we were talking about um, the old spiritualist camp back in the day when it was going and stuff like that. And um, somebody, I don't remember who it was, But somebody was said, well, you know, you have people in your church that go to the spiritualist camp, don't you? I'm like, what are you talking about? There ain't nobody in this church that's going up to the spiritualist camp. You know, oh, yeah, highly involved. Now, they wouldn't tell me who you were, but I got an idea. No. I don't even know if those people are are still in the church. I don't know but I can't assume that everybody in here is a sheep because even Jesus said that there's gonna be tares in the wheat. Should we go pluck them up? Nope. Because you don't wanna mess with the wheat, but there's gonna be weeds in there. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about going on a witch hunt. That is not what I'm talking about whatsoever. I'm just saying the reality of what the Bible says We need to trust what God is speaking into our hearts. My, I was supposed to go, I was, oh gosh, 12 or 13, maybe 14, I don't know. But um, this is when you could let your children go out and do stuff in the world. Um, So we were going to go camping with Brian, my next door neighbor, and Troy, who went to my church, and maybe a few other guys. We we're going to go camping on the Mississippi. I was the youngest one of the group, probably 13 or something like that. And I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to go out camping with these guys, I Knew these guys. We're going to go fishing. We're going to spend the night there. I'm going to get to carry my big knife. I was really excited, you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, the night before, I kind of lost track of time. You know, it's like be home when the streetlights are on. And I didn't, you know, I was, I was like an hour late. So I come home like, I didn't realize what time it was. And you remember back in the days when that didn't matter? <laughs> Doesn't matter you didn't know what time it was. You could have found out what time it was. A lot of times people don't do that. They're, oh, it's okay, honey. But I, you know, back then you got, you got in trouble. And so my mom said, you're not going camping. Oh, I was angry. I was hot. You know, and I was, you know, you didn't yell at my mom, but you sure you could see it in your eyes. And, you know, the lips came out and stuff like that. And I remember I didn't get to go with those guys. And uh, fleshly, angry. But I know that the Lord told me this. Not necessarily right at that time, but shortly afterwards. And in essence, your mom just saved your life. I don't understand how, but it is the Mississippi, and we were camping on the spillway, down below the spillway, uh, uh, down below Eagle Point. And, uh, I, and it kept going through my mind, your mom just saved your life. I don't know if my mom had discernment. I, I never really talked it over with my mom, but it was almost as if it, because there's some discernment in me, the Lord was connecting dots. She just saved your life. You got mad. You were hot. Now, I got to go the next time. Things were great and things were fine. But it wasn't just because I missed a, a streetlight. There was something that I was protected from. And I'll find that out probably in glory sometime. But that's kind of how discernment works sometimes. You may not know why God is telling you these things that he's telling you. You just have to trust that God is telling you these things. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. I recognize that. And so I'm gonna go along with what I feel that the spirit of God is saying in whatever situation that that comes up in. Make sense? Now, there are people who have greater levels of discernment and they have that for the body as well too and we need that actively working today now there, uh, so there's prophecy now there are tongues oh gotta talk about that one cause really this is the gift that is most divisive probably most divisive in the church today not necessarily if you're charismatic or not necessarily if you're Pentecostal but it's the, it's the non-unifying gift in all the churches around the world today, right? And so um, you look at, uh, so the gift, of, you go back to um, uh, Acts chapter two and the Holy Spirit falls, right? Tongues of fire fall on their head. They declare the glory of God, right? And everybody understands in their own language around in, in Jerusalem at that time. So tongues was operating it was something that God gave to declare the message of God to everybody. It was, they were actually tongues that could be understand, understood in the different languages on the earth at, at that moment. That's what happened. Okay, Tongues came on the believers. The Spirit came on the believers. They began speaking in languages that they didn't know but were languages of the earth going out and touching all the different people groups that were in Jerusalem at that time so that the, they could be saved and the message would go out so why then do we need tongues in the church especially since we've got so many great um google and all the different things you can use to translate back and forth and stuff like that you know we have the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament. We have the Tower of Google in the New Testament, right? <laughs> All these different kinds of things going on. So why, why, why do we need tongues in the church? Why, why is this going on here? And I, I'm going to touch on that for a little bit. So um, if you look at First Corinthians 14, um, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So I'm, I'm not one that says that the only evidence of the Spirit is that you speak in tongues. I believe that it is a gift of the Spirit. I believe that it can happen, but um, I, I, I don't necessarily jump on a, maybe a staunch Pentecostal ideology that says if you don't speak in tongues and you haven't experienced the evidence of the Spirit. Because Paul comes along here, says like, listen, desire everything, but especially that you should prophesy. Because prophecy and tongues are different. Because tongues in a church, people can do it, right? And people were doing it back here, but there wasn't necessarily any uh, interpretations going with it. And Paul is making... Uh, a delineation between tongues and prophecy. And he's saying, hey, prophecy is really great because people can understand the oracles. Prophecy, you prophesying is, 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 is being an oracle of God where something from God is coming down into you and coming out through your mouth and now everybody understands it. And that's great. Tongues is something a little different, right? And so um, when you look here, for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Now that's confusing because that's not the way it started the guys in the upper room were not speaking to God the guys in the upper room were speaking for God to men so come on man the Bible contradicts itself dude I told you, no not at all we the, um, there's a, a phenomenally old book that's a good book that's it's called They Shall Speak in New Tongues which if you haven't read it read it it's a great book but we still have evidences around the world of people. Uh, I remember, um, oh gosh, the miss, miss, missionologist Fred Marker when he was here, talking, you know, about everything. And Ted said they were in one of the stands of the Middle East. I don't know if it's Kazakhstan or Pakistan. It was one of the stands, and they were on their mission work. And he, he's probably really top one to five mission strategist of the world today. And so, um, talking about uh, him and another guy, they're in a place where it is not cool to be a Christian. Around the well, people are coming, and they're like, hey, what do you think we should do? And the other guy's like, let's just start praying in tongues. So they start speaking in tongues, and the people are coming to, to the well, are looking at them and shaking their heads and all this different kinds of stuff that's going on. And so, the guy speaking in tongues has no idea what he's saying, but the guy who is from that place and is understanding everything that's coming out of his mouth. So then they say, hey, listen, what did we say? And he began to detail everything that God had said to him through his own native tongue that they were supposed to do in that city. Now that's not something I heard from somebody that heard from somebody that heard from somebody. That's from somebody who was right there in the middle of it. So It does happen today. Understand that that happens as the Spirit gives utterance. But there is something that happens in the gift of tongues that we see, forgive me for using the word evolves, from how it was first used into something that translates into a prayer language. Because now here in 1 Corinthians, we're saying, hey, listen, you're not speaking to men, you're speaking to God. So there is something that that gift has expanded, maybe that's a better word, expanded within the life of the believer, that it starts out this way, it was never intended just to be simply that, but it expands into a prayer language of the spirit that we see throughout different parts of the Bible. So now there's a there's a praying in tongues, which the Bible is gonna say, so it's really gonna benefit you because it is your spirit that's in connection With the Holy Spirit, and that's going to build you up. Doesn't that sound biblical? So I'm not only building people up, and so the thing is, is like, listen, I shouldn't use the tool, uh, that part of the gift that builds me up. And, and start throwing it out there everywhere and as loud as I can shout, listen to me speaking tongues, blah, blah, blah. And I shouldn't use that gift that is supposed to build me up and think it's gonna build you up because you don't know what I'm saying unless, of course, there's an interpreter. So when I pray in the Spirit, it's something that is expanded that's going to build me up in the Spirit. Are you, are you following me? So it started out with known languages. It expanded into, this is also gonna be something that's gonna be used for your own spirit. That's gonna be, and I will tell you, um, I, I know of a pastor that uh, used to walk around in his church at least an hour a day, and the only thing he would do was be praying in a spirit language. Building himself up and, you know, whatever, and what do I say to that? Amen, bless God, go get it. When it comes in, 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 in the confines of the church, right here, when we're gathered together as a body, my, my, my prayer language, I'm, I'm praying in tongues up here. I'm not shouting it so that you can hear me, but I'm praying in tongues during worship, walking back and forth and, 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 and using it because it's a gift, And there have been, I came in 98, probably maybe five or six times when a tongue was given in the body, but it always came with an interpretation. It's not something to be scared of at all because if God has given me a tongue for the body, maybe he's given me the interpretation or he's given somebody else the interpretation of that tongue and so that will build the body. But anything else, as I'm praying, as I'm walking through here, there's a, there's a language of the Spirit that builds the Spirit up in me and builds me up in the Spirit as well. It's all good. It's all good. This is why Paul says, at the end, he's, he's like, do not forbid the speaking in tongues. Don't forbid it. Now, is the Bible true? Is it the Word of God? Should we be building our life around it? Okay. If it was true for them 2,000 years ago, it's true for us today. So there are people that, that have gifts. Listen, it could very easily be that someone from a foreign nation comes in this and somebody gets a tongue and you just think it's whatever, but all of a sudden that person from that foreign language is hearing that foreign tongue and it's like, I didn't know you spoke Russian. I don't even know what I'm speaking what I say? Well, man, you said blah, 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 and blah. Do you, think, do you think God might desire to do that? He certainly could. So the gift of tongues has expanded in the Bible from just what it started out to be, but also encompassing being a language of the Spirit that builds us up as well, too. And I've experienced that for myself from, at, from time to time. So one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Different from the beginning when it first happened. But now it's expanded into the church. And Paul's not saying, hey, you guys, shut up and knock it off. All he's saying is like, do it decently and in order. But don't extract the supernatural from it. Just don't be overly consumed with one gift. Simple as that. Don't allow one gift to take over the entire thing because there's many people with many different gifts and the body flourishes when everybody is using their gift. Preferably not at the same time. Does that make sense? This is the culture of heaven on earth. Open heavens, open earth. And we want God to do dynamic things outside these walls. We need to be living with the culture of heaven within these walls, within this body. And then it goes out and touches the hearts of others. This is all supernatural stuff, everybody. Um, and so this is that's that's basically it. Um, so if you're reading uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and he's talking about you know how is a tongue going to profit you if there's no interpretation, right? He's like, so your prayer language is your prayer language when it comes to the body of believers when everybody is involved. Well, don't be so rude as to give something that is just for you. But if you have something for the body, let it out. That's why I said let two or three speak in tongues, no more than that. Supernatural, but decently and in order. I'm not building a church the way I wanna build it. I'm not building a church uh, the way I think it should happen. We're building a culture that, that has been established in the word of God and we're bringing it here. That's it, as simple as that. And if you have a problem with the word of God, then that's a bigger issue. So you've all got gifts, each and every one of you. Uh, They should be functioning, uh, they should be working. Now, they should be, you should be growing in them and we should be teaching you about them. So that it can function correctly and we are going to Um, look down here at 13, and, and we'll end tongues on this. He says, therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What then is the outcome? Should I stop then? No. He says, I will pray in the spirit, and I will pray in the mind also. I will pray, um... I will sing in the spirit and I will sing in the mind. Some of your verses may be understanding. He said, so I will sing in the spirit or I will pray in the spirit and then I will pray with my understanding. Sometimes you might be your own interpretation. That's not out of the realm of impossibility. It can happen, but generally how it's supposed to work is to include people with different gifts. If someone gives a tongue, then someone gives an interpretation in the body. Not hard. Not you know, we don't want to be checklisty about it and say, "Okay, well, I've only had two tongues." Anybody else? Just get it going. These are these are guidelines. There may be a Sunday when there are four. But those who are of the law will stand up and shout heresy. There may be a time when we have a few people prophesy outside of just a platform like we had right down here. Did you hear what God was saying through her voice? Did you? Did you receive it? Take it because it was for you. Who doesn't want to know God as their father deeply? Who doesn't want to rise up on wings of eagles? And I'm not saying her, her message was simple. I'm saying her message was for all of us. Some more than others, but it's for all of us. And that was a demonstration of God using somebody to to speak through for the body. Your issue is, are you gonna receive it? Are you gonna take it? Are you gonna chew on it? Swallow it a little bit like a cow. Bring it back up, chew on it some more. Swallow it down into the second stomach. Bring it back up, chew on it. That's what you should be doing with prophecy. Chewing on it. Letting it sink into every aspect because there's, there's the possibility to take something and store it in a room of your brain and lock it up, but never allow it to soak and saturate your life. This is why Paul tells Timothy to remember the words, the prophetic words that were spoken over you because those are the things that you wage war with you fight with the prophetic words that have been spoken over you throughout your life. God has said these things at different stages. And so as you're growing into what God is becoming to be, there's oppositions, there's testings, there's trials. And the way you wage war is you take that big bat of prophecy and you smack them, the enemy, the devil, spiritual beings, over the head with the prophetic words that have been spoken into your life. It's what you wage war with. It's what you fight with. If you refuse prophecy, what are you gonna fight with? You're gonna have a problem with everything else. You have to be careful with prophecy, absolutely. And there are levels of prophecy, absolutely. Not everybody is gonna be a thus saith the Lord. Not everybody's gonna give a directive word, but prophecy operates on on different levels, and everybody within the body can, can speak a level of the prophetic. Do you remember what those were? Edification, exhortation, and consolation. Anybody can do that. Prophecy is a, is a big vat. Everybody gets to play within those three realms. Some get to pray in this realm. Few get to play in directive words. But it is all the same spirit as it is given. And the issue for you is to understand what realm you live in and do it to your best but, try, but don't get jealous of other people's giftings and try to do something that God has not called you to do because that is when you take the name of the Lord in vain. Take the name Lord in vain. is when you say he said something that he didn't. It's not a swear word. It's trying to give prophecies to people that he never gave you to give, saying he did. And that's, we need to all be careful with that. There's a level of that. But when it comes to exhortation, when it comes to coming up to somebody and saying something that's not directive, but you know, just building edifying people up, that should be happening every single Sunday. And we should be doing that with one another. You should, it should be so rich. It should be so thick that you almost have to have insulin to get through your day because you've had so many sweet, exhortive words that have been thrown at you through, the word, through God's people. It should be happening all the time. And there's no reason why it it shouldn't. It doesn't have to be in the confines of just a service. You can be walking from Sunday school to here, whatever it is, and you can just be, Lord, give me these words for people. Greeters should be functioning at this at a high level with people that are coming in the doors. Exhortation. Edification. Exhortation, consolation. Three big words, but everybody can operate in those. Okay. I'm going to close the book on that for today. So um, these are just kind of a, a little bit of a foretaste of how the church should be Operating, how you should be functioning within the church. But before we do anything about functioning, we got to deal with what gift do you got? Not do you have a gift, what is your gift? Maybe there's gifts of administration. Maybe there's, there's a whole lot of gifts, but what gift do you have? It's the responsibility of those in leadership to identify the giftings of, in your life and to bring them out of you for the benefit of the church. And that's what we're gonna do. Don't be worried. Don't be freaked out. Trust God for where he's going and what he's wanting to do and where he's taking in and guiding the church. And what It, it, it may not look like what you've always known. As long as it's God's, that's okay. Okay? Don't refute change for change's sake, because you hate change. Allow God to have His way in your life, and He'll have His way in the church. Amen? Thanks for joining with us today. And if that message touched your heart in some way, please let us know by emailing us at... Aol.com. You can also find us and reach out to us on Facebook. And we hope that you will join us again for another podcast from Kingdom Life Community Church.